podcasts from the Cochrane Library, the latest evidence for healthcare decision-making. Hello, I'm Mike Clark, podcast editor for the Cochrane Library. Blood transfusions are a very common medical procedure, and it's important to balance the potential benefits and harms. In December 2021, Jeffrey Carson from Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School in New Brunswick in the USA and colleagues updated the Cochrane Review of research comparing different triggers for transfusing red blood cells. We asked him to tell us more about the importance of the review and its findings in this podcast. Patients who are ill in the hospital are frequently anemic with low hemoglobin concentrations. The causes of anemia are diverse, including blood loss during surgery, excessive blood sampling for laboratory tests, and the consequences of some illnesses. Anemia decreases oxygen content of the blood supply to the tissues and makes the heart work harder to deliver oxygen around the body. However, it doesn't necessarily follow that correcting anemia by transfusion of red blood cells will improve outcomes. Anemia is generally well tolerated by many people and therefore the benefits of red cell transfusions need to be weighed against the potential harms. Although the main option for raising hemoglobin concentrations rapidly in anemia is red blood cell transfusion, its availability and the potential harms vary throughout the world. In countries with well-regulated blood supplies, the safety of transfusion has improved significantly over recent decades, and the overall risks are very low. However, in resource-poor countries, blood transfusion is expensive, the supply of blood is inadequate, and blood may not be safe because it's not often tested for viral pathogens. There are many randomized trials comparing different policies or schedules of using red blood cell transfusions. For instance, studies have randomized patients to restrictive triggers. Typically, they are transfused only when the hemoglobin concentration falls to around seven to eight grams per deciliter versus liberal triggers when they're transfused at a higher hemoglobin concentration, around nine to 10 grams per deciliter. Our review brings together the evidence from these trials. We are particularly interested in whether this supports the trend for increasing restrictive transfusion practice across all patient groups, and if transfusions can be withheld in some circumstances without harming patients. Since the last version of this review in 2016, Several additional trials have become available, making it important to update the review to ensure that guidelines continue to be based on the most recent literature. The number of trials has increased to 48, and the number of participants in these trials has nearly doubled to more than 21,000. Our review compares 30-day mortality and other clinical outcomes for restrictive versus liberal red cell transfusion thresholds for all conditions. We include randomized trials where the intervention groups were assigned on the basis of a clear transfusion trigger described as a hemoglobin hematocrit level below which a red blood cell transfusion was to be administered. Of the 48 included studies, 11 are in orthopedic surgery, eight in cardiac surgery, eight in cancer, leukemia, and hemological malignancies, seven in critical care, six in acute blood loss or trauma, three in acute coronary syndrome, and five in a variety of other conditions. The most common restrictive hemoglobin threshold was seven to eight grams per deciliter in 35 trials, while the other trials used a threshold of eight to 9.7 grams per deciliter. When we examined the impact of restrictive transfusion strategies on transfusion frequency, 
we found that it reduced the risk of receiving a transfusion by 41% across a broad range of clinical contexts, but there was a wide variety in the results of the individual trials. Looking at other outcomes, overall, restrictive transfusion strategies did not increase or decrease 30-day mortality compared to liberal transfusion strategies. And we also found no important differences for cardiovascular outcomes such as cardiac events, myocardial infarction, stroke, and thromboembolism, or infections. However, there are insufficient data relating to the safety of transfusion policies in some clinical subgroups, including patients with acute coronary syndrome, chronic cardiovascular disease, vascular disease, hematological malignancies, acute neurologic disorders, and chronic forms of anemia. Another limitation in the evidence is that hemoglobin concentration may not be the most informative marker of the need of transfusion in individual patients with different degrees of physiologic adaption to anemia. In summary, restrictive transfusion reduced frequency of transfusion without harming the patients when compared to liberal transfusion in a broad range of medical disorders. This is good evidence that transfusion with red blood cells can be avoided in most patients with hemoglobin concentrations above 7 to 8 grams per deciliter. If you'd like to read more about these findings, the review is available online. Just go to cochranelibrary.com and run a simple search for transfusion thresholds.